Iowa everywhere. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What do your customers love so much about Fairway Meat Market? We have the best in class meat department. Our customers can request a custom cut of meat any way they like it. Seriously, we have the best meat in town. It's not even a contest. Stop on down to your local meat market. We'd love to see you. Success in farming is all about precision and efficiency. Ensuring every seed, every drop of water, every nutrient and treatment counts. TerraPlex Ag is helping farmers all over Iowa and the Midwest do just that. With precision ag drone technology and support from TerraPlex, you'll boost your productivity and make timely and informed decisions, all while reducing your costs and increasing your profit. It's time to revolutionize your farming. Harvest the benefits with TerraPlex Ag. Visit TerraPlexAg.com. Chris Williams. Chris. Chris Hassel. Two guys named Chris. Presented by Fairway Meat and Grocery. From the Channel Seed Studios, this is Iowa Everywhere. Channel Seed. Seedsmanship at work. Welcome to Two Guys Named Chris. My name is Chris Williams. Um, I'm kind of joined by Chris Hassel, who's internet oh. appears not be working again today <laughs> are you serious Castle's media comment yeah yeah you're 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 freezing more than the the roads here here in all right i'll hop on it, my hotspot. Um, i think it might be your internet williams <laughs> what williams is starting to freeze on me too oh it's williams's internet uh, i'm fine well how do you know you're I fine know. well i think van wink's the only one that can tell right I guess I'll turn on my hotspot again. That seems to be the only thing that's working these days. You guys are I fine. I just checked my you guys are, You're good. Wait, we're fine? Like... You're okay. You're okay. Okay. Let's roll, Oh, wow. Baby. Yeah, Zach says Williams looks blurry. Okay, so it's not it, Williams. Yeah! Woo! Mediacom. Mediacom. Mediacom is the fucking worst. Woo! <laughs> Dufty's not uh, on Mediacom anymore, so. Yeah, Van Winkle looks no, good. No, I'm not. I'm on this... Uh... I'm on that other deal now, the my fiber. That that's what you were on for a year the and a half. Road you thought it was just that's what you thought you were on anyway. It was laxative. I'm on my fiber. Nope, you're on a laxative. Um, so the reason we're late today, if you're joining us on uh live, is the roads. And man, it's been a rough go of it for you guys in the Des Moines area lately, huh? Oh, it's brutal out there. Like it, it's freaking still like it's, it's terrible. And then we're going to get like 10 more inches of snow tonight. Like this is in, and, and hassle. So Amber Alexander did her like weather special with us last night. And the high on Sunday is like negative six. Yeah, well, that's what it's going to be like for the uh, Chiefs game too, right? That's what we've been talking about a lot on HQ is Bills at Chiefs, kickoff temperature is going to be below yeah. zero. It's going to be one of the coldest games of all time. And, I mean, I'm sitting there at dinner last night. We were texting with Van Wink, and all of a sudden he sends a text, I just got in an accident. He went into the ditch. Went into the ditch. But everybody's okay, hey, right? All right, Matty. Everybody good? Everyone's good. Everyone's safe. Yeah, we were in the ditch for like almost two hours. We were heading up to Ankeny and somebody just sideswiped us right into the ditch. But minor damage, everyone's okay. But man, just a reminder to be safe out there. And if you don't need to be on the roads, don't. Oof. Goodness gracious. I was I've shocked a hell of a this week. morning taking the kids to school how bad the roads still were. Yeah, they're like, they're bad. It was just, if you're not on the interstate, it pretty much sucks everywhere around here and it's it's gonna get worse so and it's gonna start Good getting real too. windy too and start blowing that snow around that yeah. light what's snow. the weather like down there in uh yeah. florida hassle 
starting to think about moving down there. Well, you know, it's not great. Um, usually I get up, take the take the pup to the park. Woke up today and it was drizzling out. 70 degree oh. drizzle. Not great. But uh, we're hoping to get out to the to the park after the show if we can uh, catch a break. Poor bastard. Just really feel for you. What a newsy two guys named Chris we have here for. (laughs) And there goes Williams. (laughs) He comes on making fun of me, and he's got his fiber-lax internet. I do think he needs to refresh because it was you'd say something, and it'd be 10 seconds before he reacted. So I I think he needs to – we'll just kick him off for a second. My God. I mean, this yeah, is bush league stuff. I'm, I'm, very, I'm really considering the move down to Florida after the week I've had. So I went to go fire up my snowblower on Monday. Hassle, it wouldn't start. What? It wouldn't start. What it's happened? Did you leave the gas in at all? Yeah, uh, I left all in summer. The, I left the gas in. I had to put a new carburetor on. So I've never, I've never had to replace a carburetor or anything like that before. Good old YouTube helped me out. And my neighbor, I had to run and pick up a new part from a little, little parts dealer in Des Moines and. Bada bing, bada boom. Damn. I'm glad I don't have to deal with the old snowblower anymore. I got the top of the line snowblower when I was in Connecticut Mm -hmm. because we would get snows like you guys got all the time. We'd get Mm -hmm. those maybe three times a year. And so I needed one that could just throw snow. And I had a big, steep incline driveway. And uh, I was able to sell that sucker to uh, L. Duncan (laughs) at full price. So Nice. Now she's using it out there in uh, West Hartford. Um, I did see that Bloom actually got his ass out into well, the snow and was, was shoveling. Well, there, yeah, but there's a caveat. What's that? He was only shoveling the deck. <laughs> he wasn't shoveling the front. He was shoveling the deck trying to get the snow off the Amish glider. <laughs> yeah. Did you see it in the picture? It yeah. Was in the yeah, back of the see, picture. You could see it in the background covered in snow. Oh, and he did not look happy about it. You could tell he was really mad at Crystal for taking that picture. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the kids out there throwing the snow around, and Brent's got a huge shovel. Well, it is a, a huge sports week. This reminds me of when uh, basketball, we lost all of the top coaches, like, really quick. Coach K... Bayheim, it's that sort of level as Williams rejoins us here from a different location in the house. It's it's a sea change week in football with Belichick leaving the Patriots. Now, they're not saying retirement for him, but they are saying retirement for Nick Saban and Pete Carroll obviously moving into the front office with the Seattle Seahawks. Just wild stuff and you know be the same anymore you're never going to see a Nick Saban again I I don't think in college football the way things are right now no and you know what's fascinating to me about it is the NIL component that and that's why I wonder what I think that's why he's done and I think that's why you're never going to see something like this again because the playing field has been leveled. He used to have a stranglehold because he was the best coach at the best program. He was getting the best players. And that changed three or four years ago. And I think now the playing field is only going to level even more. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And Are you still having problems with yeah. your internet? I don't think so. Is it bad? My God. I mean, I'm talking and you don't respond to me for like five seconds after I'm done. What kind (laughs) of Bush League operation you got going on here? Well, I I, honestly, I'm wondering, you know what I'm wondering? Like there's a lot of people like without power and stuff. I'm wondering if the internet's all jacked up across the town. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, but you got that Fiberlax internet that runs underneath everything, right? Yeah. I, I'm more interested in in replacing Saban and and what happens with with Bama now because if you talk to a lot of these NIL people, um, that Bama doesn't have like this. You think like that they're this invincible program, and to some extent they have been. They're one of the most successful in the history of the sport, no doubt about it. But as you were mentioning, Chris, that's in the old era. 
they, you know, look at demographics. Like they're not the richest state mm-hmm. in the United States, right? There's not a, they have a lot of money, you know, compared to what we're dealing with here. Like there's a lot of money in, in wrapped up in Alabama football. There's no doubt about that, but we were kind of texting back and forth last night with our buddy um, Blake Anderson, who's a huge college football fan, and and we got into the debate: what's the better job, Texas or Alabama? Because Steve Sarkeesian's name's getting thrown out a lot of people. You know, that would be an obvious. And I, I think in a former world, that would have been an obvious choice. But it's like. If I if you're Steve Sarkeesian, would you rather in the NIL landscape? You're going to the SEC. Would you rather be in Texas, in Austin, Texas, or Tuscaloosa, Alabama, for the next ten years? And at Alabama, you'd be replacing the greatest coach of all time. That's no small thing. That no. I think a lot of these top coaches have to take and will take into account. Sark already has it going at Texas where they had been sputtering for a couple of decades. He's got it going there now. They're going into the SEC. And when you think about the Alabama job, you think of it because of Nick Saban. Now, I know they won with Bear Bryant back in the day, but remember Alabama before Nick Saban? Yeah. Like in the 10, 15 years before Nick Saban? Not good. So I'm not saying it's 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 a bad job. It's still a top three job. Maybe it is the best job. But to think that Steve Sarkeesian is is just going to to jump at the chance, I I, I don't see why he would do that when these jobs seem totally level at worst right now. It's the same conversation I think could be had with Dan Lanning in Oregon in, sure. in a little bit of a different way because in he, a much different way. But yes, Bill Knight. And and Nike, obviously, that is a huge component of that Oregon program. But now they're going to the Big Ten. And, like, now the argument against Oregon, I would say, well, you have to take half shares or whatever it is. They're not getting paid as much. Think about that. Purdue football is going to be making, (laughs) like, twice as much as as Oregon. Rutgers. Uh, Yeah, Rutgers. Um, But it doesn't mean as much there because of the Phil Knight situation. Right. Like they can kind of just make it up. Nike Mm -hmm. pays for everything anyway. So like if you're Dan Lanning, would you rather stay at Oregon where you've got this thing rolling? Got it going. Um, You've got the unique aspect of the Nike situation there. And you're, you're going to the big 10 where one would argue you have a much better chance of. I mean, do, wouldn't Oregon have a much better chance of winning ten games every year than Alabama yes. in the new one in in the new era? I, I don't know. I think so. Yeah, it just I think feels so. I mean, like it to me. You look right now at the Big Ten. I know Oregon has the number two recruiting class in the Big Ten in the new Big Ten. They're only behind Ohio State. They're already they, they have better recruits, you know, rating system wise from twenty four seven Sports than Penn State, than USC, than Michigan. I think they can come in. I think they could challenge for the title next year. I mean, they, I do they're, too. They're, they're they're stacked right now. He, and then the other aspect of this is you've got all of these five star prospects who are sitting at Alabama right mm-hmm. now, waiting for something to happen. And, I mean, I would, I would guess in today's landscape that there's already. People in Tuscaloosa trying to poach these guys. No question. Window opens for 30 days for these guys when your coach leaves. But also, Alabama's going to move fast here. I mean, I I heard Josh Pate last night on the Late Kick podcast. He made a really good point. You know, we just found out about Saban retiring. But you don't think that he gave Alabama the heads up to get out ahead of this, to get going. Like we think we're on first base right now of this yeah. of this hiring for the next coach. Alabama's already rounded third base. Those are the words from from Josh Pate. Because they had to be ready for this. And this day and age, with so much at stake, you <laughs> 
the one exception being Iowa, an offensive coordinator. You've got to move fast. Somebody tweeted last night, I think it was Joe Hugan, um, Iowa fan. What are the chances Alabama names a new head coach before Iowa names their next offensive coordinator? And how long have we known that this coordinator? I, I would say it's a two, likely. three months. I, yeah, I put it at minus 500, the actual odds, <laughs> that Alabama is going to name a coach before Iowa names their offensive coordinator. Because they, 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 they know. They know what's, what's at stake. Now, who's it going to be? I, as we mentioned, Sark, I don't know. What do you want to leave Texas? I think a lot of these coaches will use this as leverage. If they get a call, if they get an offer, these top coaches, I think five years ago, you would think Dabo Sweeney, slam dunk, right? Not anymore. Well, let me like, make, I, let me, I don't even think he's on the list. Let me make a point real quick because I was going to bring up Dabo. So it was um, Chris the Bear Felica put this this graphic up. So I'm assuming this graphic is coming from from Fox because that's where, where he's at. But it was the top 14 odds. This was right after the championship game the other night. It has since changed. Bama's now at plus uh, 1,000. It showed on this graphic at plus 550. To, to win the national championship next year. But of the 14 schools in this top 14, only three teams are not from the Big Ten or the SEC. And one it's of them is Notre Dame. Dame, it's Florida State, and it is Clemson. So this is weird, right? Because you got Oregon on this list. You've got, uh, I guess that's it. But even like Missouri doesn't feel like an SEC team to me, whatever. Um, the The you brought up Dabo. We don't feel like he's a fit anymore because of the NIL stuff. You can't just talk shit about this. These guys yeah. making money like Dabo. Dabo once said he would retire from coaching before players. He would like. Where are you at now, Dabo? You're still mm-hmm. collecting your ten million a year. You hypocrite. And so, they've fallen off. They've fallen off these last they few have. years. They're they're because no longer a listen. national contender year in and year players out. Players listen. They they know they don't want to go yeah. and play for a guy I, who I doesn't. Just, he played at Alabama five years ago, slam dunk. Th- this is not five years ago. I-, I don't even think he gets a call because you can't. You, you, you got, if you're Alabama, you got to get somebody in there that is younger and is slick with the NIL and transfer portal. So let me ask you, a guy who I've seen mentioned just a smidge, but not a lot. If you're Mike Norvell at Florida State, you mm. just get snubbed by the college football Man, playoff I, committee. If you're Norvell, you're going. No question. If you get that like call, if, hell yes. If you're, if you're Bama and you can't get – I don't even know if I would go after Sarkeesian, to be honest. Maybe that'll sound stupid in five years. But, like, Dan Lanning's the no-brainer to me. Mm-hmm. He was a GA at Alabama, he, but he's got a $20 million buyout, a $20 million buyout. And I just frankly don't know if if that's going to be logistical. Um, I think you could do a hell of a lot worse than Mike Norvell in Florida State. I think he's a really good coach. He's proven like he that Florida State program really sucked after, um, after, after Jimbo Fisher left, uh, took the Texas A&M job. Uh, Willie Taggart just ran it into the ground. Norvell rebuilds them. I mean, we all thought they should have been playing in the college football playoff this year. That's the guy I would keep keep my eye on. What about Kiffin? What are your thoughts mm-hmm. on – I feel like Kiffin almost, though, it's a little bit like maybe they know too much about him in mm-hmm. Tuscaloosa. Sure. One and you've deals. seen when Kiffin's got some of the – he was a lot younger, but these really high-profile jobs – whether it was in the NFL or at Tennessee, he it didn't work. Now this is a new this is new age. Like there's no one doing better in the transfer portal than Lane Kiffin. He's an incredible play caller. He was at Alabama, helped, uh, really helped usher in this new era of Alabama football where they went spread and threw it all over the place and scored a bunch of points. But it's Lane Kiffin. He's different. He's a lot different. I think that would be a splash. I think he's got to be in their top five. But yeah, I don't know if he's buttoned up enough to be the Alabama head coach. I mean, we're talking Nick Saban, Bear Bryant, Gene Stallings. Those are the guys that have won at Alabama. As buttoned up as can be. 
Lane Kiffin doesn't really fit that. But again, you're going to have to split the difference some somehow because it is a new age. It is a new era. And so I, th- I think it's Dan Lanning, Lane Kiffin. If I'm Mike Norvell, I'm going. because I saw the facilities at Florida State. Not very good. They're in limbo right now because they're stuck in the ACC. Ah, Dabo gets the call. He's got to go, but I don't think he's going to. But this will be fascinating, and I think it's going to move fast. They have to move faster. They're going to lose all their players, and that's mm-hmm. what. It's another reason why these coaches. It's it's a lot harder to fire your coach after the season now. It's why you're seeing these guys get fired in the middle of the year, so that they can be actively recruiting the the roster to to stick around for the new guy. So we have that. I know you mentioned Belichick. We have Pete Carroll. What a um, just massive 24 hours when it comes to all this. Um, we do have a lot of basketball to get to. Yeah, as how about well. that? Iowa State beats the number two team in the country, <laughs> and we're 20 minutes into the program, and we haven't even mentioned it. Well, and then Iowa has all these guys returning on defense. We were going to talk about I'm, we've got the NFL playoffs. Um, I had a guy blow a booger on me at the game the other night. I was going to tell you about that. What? It's just, yeah. What, what do you mean he blew a booger on you? Like on purpose? Yes. No. He was blowing his nose. The booger hey, flew you, out and landed on you on press row. I need you to tell me what you would have done. Okay. Okay. Nice guy. I'm not going to name his name. So you're on press row, right? Yeah. Yeah. Down by the court? Yeah, I'm courtside. Okay. You know, and there's like three minutes till tip. We got the jock jams. Everybody. Hang on. You moved away. You're, you moved your. <laughs> And I'm sitting there, I'm amped up, I'm popping my neck, getting ready, big game, right? Got the big game feel. <laughs> and this guy, like, I don't know if he had a handkerchief or what. And he go he goes <laughs> and this dry booger goes right onto my arm. <gasps> oh. So let Wait, me so ask you this, this guy was this guy. He couldn't have been in the stands because the stands are no, like. No, he was another media 15 member. Fifteen feet behind press row. Now, he was another media member. He was a Houston media member. He covers Houston, so none of oh nobody. You guys got okay. And I, he blows. He so he's sitting right next to you. Literally, he is directly next to me. Like he's within a foot from me. Oh my god! And this booger. It was a big enough booger that I could feel it hit my arm. <laughs> a heavy booger? It wasn't wet. Okay. It was one of those types that will just like fall off. It's not like you need to get a, you know. So you're in my spot. Tell me what you would do. Sitting there, booger hits you. I knew that the booger hit me. I am 90% sure that he knew that his booger flew onto me. (gasps) He knew too? I think. What would you have done? Would you have called him out for blowing his booger? I've never talked to this guy before. No, I I would be way too embarrassed to... The reason being, knowing that you've got to sit next to this guy the entire game. This wasn't just somebody walking by and you could be like, hey, Jesus Christ, what the hell are you doing, man? Look out. This guy's right next to you the whole game. Yes. And we haven't you, even started the game. He, here's what I would have done. I would have been disgusted, sickened. I'd probably throw up in my mouth a little bit. But if I could tell that this guy, like you said, 90% chance he knows he did it, this would put me in an even worse position because I wouldn't want to know that I felt it and I know it's there. Would act as if I don't know it. A long enough amount of time for him to forget about it, to move on, to shift his eyes elsewhere. And then I would use, you know, the lineup card, game notes, and scrape that some bitch off as fast as I could. Yeah, so I totally 
pretty much did the same thing. I I played it cool. It was like, oh my god, this booger is burning a hole in my arm. It was on a sleeve, by the way. People are asking. It wasn't my bare skin. I had a okay. I have a question uh, for Williams. Uh, so what? I, I what I did was I I just let it go, and then like two two to three minutes later. I kind of acted like I was stretching, and I wiped it off on the back of my chair, and oh. that shed the booger from my arm. And then I actually ended up talking to the guy, and I really liked him. But it was like <laughs> I felt like we had this weird thing between us the whole night, you know, like that his booger was on my sleeve. Your booger buddies now. Booger buddies. Hey, I got a question for Williams. What's what was worse, getting a Milwaukee's best thrown at you at Kinnick or a booger flung on you at Hilton? The booger at Hilton. <laughs> Yeah, the booger at Hilton. No doubt about that for me. Hassel is frozen. <laughs> Dude, we are... This show... <laughs> of all the shows that we needed everything to just work, you know, like, this has been an no, this is epic great. disaster. So this I'm glad it's not just my internet today, then. Gee, many Christmas. <laughs> We're going to remove him from the studio because it's kind of creeping me out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that it was one of the... Um, socially oddest experiences of my life to have this guy and he he didn't like he blew it so like it was like he blew his nose and the 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 tissue didn't catch what he was blowing and it went right yeah. onto my arm and when you're on press row you're like you're pretty much shoulder to shoulder with these people yeah. too yeah it was the i'm glad that i did what what hassle would have done yeah. I, I just went to the the hot spot but see, so the, the the problem is I got this new work computer. And so now all my passwords are out of whack. I've got to like put them in manually. And the passwords are like FW65 pound sign hashtag. Well, that's the pound sign. You get my drift. So it's taken me a long time. But I think that usually the hotspot doesn't do me wrong. So hopefully we're all good now. Anyway, right, so continue. You, you're, so did you, did you not hear how I would address the booger situation i heard we it broke up we heard just a little bit that you were just gonna ignore it and hope that guy forgets about it that's all you heard pretty much okay that's basically yeah let's let's just move on god damn it i'm so i'm so pissed it's such a huge show we've got all these coaches stepping away you got iowa state beating a second ranked team we got booger gate with the booger brothers and both of our internets are crapping out you're late for the show because of the snow, Van Winkle gets into an accident last night. His hats are way too goddamn tight with a thing in the middle that makes my head hurt. Our pets' heads are falling off. Listen, it's a new year. We're off to a terrible start at Iowa everywhere. An absolutely atrocious start here. We've got to turn things around. Okay, <laughs> it's, it's misting. Can't walk your dog. Yeah, can't go to the park. God damn it. This is the hey Matt. Do me a favor. Replay the intro. We're gonna start the show over. We're yes, let's do it start. again. Fresh start okay. right now. Replay okay. it. Let's go. Chris Williams. Chris. Chris Hassel. Two guys named Chris. Presented by Fairway Meat and Grocery from the Channel Seed Studios. This is Iowa Everywhere. Channel Seed Seedsmanship at Work. What up? It is uh, Thursday, the 11th of July. We are two guys named Chris here on Iowa Everywhere. My name is Chris Williams, joined as always by Chris Hassel, Maddie Van Winkle with the production. We are presented as always by Fairway Meat and Grocery here live in the Channel Seed Studios. Cyclones beat the number two team in the country, baby. Yes, that's where we have to start. We've got to start with that. Look, hey, I've been... Pretty spot on with my Iowa State basketball. I'm, I haven't been good with like any other picks on this podcast for the last, I don't know, six months or year. I've been pretty good with Iowa State. I said, mm-hmm. you know, look, you're going to take your lumps on the road. Just hold your breath, okay? Come home. I know it's number two. You're going to be about a three-point dog, okay? You got to win the game. You got to win it. And they did. Boom. Wasn't easy, though. Man, you jump out to a 14-0 lead. You're thinking, boy, is this going to be... No, Houston 
as you guys saw, and because I've seen Houston firsthand several times. I've called several of their games over the years with Kelvin Sampson. Mm-hmm. They are always the toughest team in the country. Oh, my God. They just have dudes that will fight you. Oh. And as you've seen, will hook you. <laughs> but Iowa State beat them at their own game. Look, they, they, they got that lead late in the game. Houston did. And what did Iowa State do? Man, I, th- I thought that possession where I think they got it inside and Jones made a bucket to go back on top. I, mean, I At that moment, I thought, gee, Iowa State hadn't had a bucket in, what, nine minutes? Good God. Why are people talking about the 11th of July? Apparently, when I introduced in, in the second intro, I, I said it was July 11th God instead of January. Damn it, Williams. You Jesus it up again. Christ, you screwed that up? I didn't even notice. But then, uh, what, what a shot game. by Mom Chilovich. Oh, back to the oh. yeah to the game. That is that. Let me ask you. I've been wondering this. Is that the play that Ott's called in the huddle? So Matt pulled up. Uh, I interviewed. I grabbed Milan right after the game on the court, and I asked him the same question. So I'm going to let him explain it for you. It's it's really short. But yeah, I mean, he is their guy. Like you saw it in the Oklahoma game too, and he went four of twelve. That's why I wasn't like panicked after that Oklahoma game because he just missed some shots. He's their guy. Like they want him shooting that shot. They either want Lipsy getting to the basket, or they want the ball in Momchilovich's hand. So here, here's what he had to say. And how'd that feel? Yeah, I mean, it felt pretty good. Uh, we drew up a back screen for Rob, and then me slipping kind of right to the mid post, um, or we had Tamin for a ball screen. But both those kind of got blown up right away. Mm. Um, so I think we threw it in the key or t- tray. And then I had a mismatch in the post with a small defender on me. So I just gave me the ball and fade away. I mean, he's smaller, so not, not a big contest. Um, and it's a shot I work on a lot, so I knew it was going in. Yeah, I mean, it, I was I was sitting down in the other corner, but it looked pretty congested. Did you think about dumping it off, or did you know you were shooting that? Uh, I knew I was shooting it just because I, I want to say the shot clock was running low. Um, so I knew I was shooting it, and the big guy came from the top side, so I just faded the other way. Um, so he wasn't really much of a factor. That, that was go. the key there. That is, is fading away the other way, away from that double team. And look, th- that is the most difficult shot in the game. F- fading away for a right-hander to do it that way. Over two guys who oh. were the number one defense in the country. This isn't but against what, but Prairie the way he did it, Chris, and as he mentioned, yeah, he really didn't have to take that other guy into account on the shot. He f- yeah. turned away Great from point. that defender, faded to the baseline. It, you know, go out there if you shoot around every now and then. Go out there, try to do a, a fade away that way. Like I think a lot of right-handers, we can do a decent fade away going you know the natural way but turning that way on the oh. baseline when you're fading behind the basket wow incredible funny, the, the guy who blew the booger on me <laughs> he he was asking me about um omaha blue and because and he didn't and i was trying to explain to him like no mom Chilovich is not the five-star mcdonald's mm-hmm. all-american mm-hmm it's like that guy's on the bench. He hasn't played. This is a, this is another guy. I was trying to explain to this guy the the whole time, but yeah, it, it was boy. a hell of an ending. That the first half, though, I mean, and part of that was the Robert Jones being fish hooked to the ground <laughs> with an arm bar by by Dunn. Yeah, there's a great picture that Reese Strickland from USA Today got, where the he has two hands in Robert Jones's mouth pulling him to the ground that happened right in front of me and i was like holy shit this is like a ufc fight like that was the most physical first half it toned down a little bit in the second half but that first half was incredible like they those two teams were basically just they, they were and those refs were letting them play like they were pushing they were pinching it was it was you were wild. so amped up you were texting you were like yeah oh, god this is amazing the students aren't here but we've got all these Adults sitting in the student section, they're all drunk, reliving their glory days. Was that the was that the most energized you've seen TJ during a game? Maybe after well, the game, too, Williams? It 
I don't know about the most, but it was it was right up there. And I actually pointed that out too because he's very. The the thing about it is if if you know him, you know um, that there's something brimming underneath, right? He's he's fighting to stay calm because he's such a competitor, but he doesn't react on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, and and he it's very strict instructions that he gives his team is they are not to react to calls. That's his job. The team is not to react to calls. I, I was told um, our buddy Jason Luch was sitting courtside that one of the officials came up to Robert Jones at halftime and shook his hand and said, I was just really impressed with how you handled that foul down there. Because hmm. um, that was a really hard foul. I mean, it's probably the hardest foul Robert's ever taken. I mean, I, I can't imagine anything worse than that. Um, but I, my, my point is, it's all strategic with him. So when he does get amped up, it really, really means something. If that's to the crowd, if that's to an official. And there was a point, I want to say, with three minutes to go or whatever, where they, you know, they're at a point where they were not going to score in the half court against Houston. And a lot of teams get into this prop. They are, that's the only time I've ever watched a college basketball team, Chris, where I'm like, oh my God, I want to watch them play more defense. Like, that's really fun mm-hmm. to watch this team play defense because they are so good at it in the half court, Houston. There was a moment with like three minutes to go where they really needed to pick me up. And Ott started doing the, like, he started like hulking up <laughs> on the sideline. And the crowd goes crazy reacting to it. But if you do that all the time, it's not as meaningful. Right. And, and you're right, Matt. When he did that, it was very, very, um, calculated trying to get that crowd and it worked and the crowd was awesome it wasn't it was probably 70 to 80 percent full somewhere in there because of the snowstorm but the people who were there like i swear were just at home drinking all day like it was it was an as intense of an atmosphere as i can remember and you know there's been really good crowds it's not the best crowd i've ever seen at hilton by any means but it was an angry one and just a really at the end of the day a really big win because they haven't really they didn't really have a good win you know kind of the Iowa game but Iowa hasn't made that look too good so far. Um, well, yeah. That, what is the Iowa win? Is that a quad two win or is that a quad one? Since Iowa's net was it's, uh, it's not quad one. Yeah, I know. I, it's not I wouldn't think one. so, being that it was at Iowa State. Yeah, they needed to have this. They really did. Like it's 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 tough to say you need a win against the number two team in the country, but they really did. Like you fall to zero and two with that schedule coming up, you gotta hold serve at home in this Big Twelve. Like, look what happened to Kansas last night. Yeah, UCF lost by like forty to Kansas State in their Big Twelve opener. They come home. I saw Cycle and Larry was tweeting that it was free money. Kansas minus six and a half. First half, that looked good, but UCF comes back. My buddy Mike O'Donnell was on the call. They stormed the court. Shoes were flying everywhere. It was an amazing scene down there. That's really incredible. I think when they joined the league, everybody kind of thought they would be the pushover. Mm-hmm. I know I did. And, and Maybe they still will be the, the yeah. worst team in the Big 12 this year. I don't know. Regardless, had to have it. They got mm-hmm. it. Um, I wanted to give a... Shout out to, because we were going to touch on the Iowa women and, and Peacock here. The Iowa State women last night were down 19 to a top 25 West Virginia game team. Down 19 in the third quarter, they came back to win it. Man. Bill Finley's team, with all these freshmen, is 4-0 and and sitting at first hmm. place in the Big 12. Incredible. It's really a neat story that's developing up there with the Iowa State women's program as – and then you have this this other aspect of it where Emily Ryan, the all Big Twelve point guard, she had her health issues, and she's basically like coaching on the floor. It's it's really a neat story that is probably doesn't get enough play because Caitlin Clark is in. Yeah, the they state. get overshadowed. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, and rightfully so. I, I I look. I know I'm an Iowa fan, but. Most of the headlines are going to go to Caitlin Clark and the Iowa program. They're third in the country. Yeah. Iowa State, there wasn't much expected of them. But this is such a great feel-good story right now Mm -hmm. that these young girls are coming together with this old-ass coach. 
<laughs> you know, who knows how many seasons he's got left at Iowa State. But, you know, some people thought, geez, all these girls to the transfer portal last year. Is it kind of coming apart? Low expectations. And I mean, we saw it in the in the game against Iowa. Like, they've got fight. I love Audie Crooks down low. God, oh. I, I love watching her play. And they, jeez, they, they just, they just have it going on right now. I, I love it. I love it. Uh, women's college basketball is really fun to watch. It's never been better. It's never been better. Uh, and then the Iowa State women at Baylor on Saturday to really mm-hmm. have an opportunity. Is Baylor to make still an unbeaten? They lost last night. Actually, oh. they were the number four team in the country, and they lost at Kansas last night. So, damn. Hey, can I do a yeah. quick cheers to the freaking weekend? To yeah, let's Steeple do our Ridge. Steeple Ridge cheers to the freaking so, weekend. So what do we you got? Steeple Ridge. So we had Iowa State women beaten the number 24 West Virginia. Mm-hmm. The Iowa women, number three, smacked Purdue at Purdue. Yeah. Uh, Drake men beat Indiana State, a pretty good Indiana State team too, I think, 89-78. Yeah. And, yeah, I, and UNI won. The UNI men won 67-59. to 59, So Who did UNI beat? UIC. Okay. Illinois, Chicago. Illinois, Chicago. So I've got Northern Iowa next weekend. I've got Northern right. Iowa hosting Southern Illinois. Really? Uh-huh. You're going to be at back the, in uh, Lou? At the McLeod Center. Maybe Lou? Daddy will make a road trip over. You need yeah, a stack guy? Daddy. Um, it's Daddy bit. Yeah, no, they usually uh, provide one. I'm just kidding. I'm not doing your stats. Damn. Let's just come. We'll go sit in the stands and heckle you, Hassle. Yes. <laughs> we have like signs. I'm just. I'm just dreading Castle it. I know the, the 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 Cedar Falls is a different level of cold compared to Des Moines. Oh, and where I grew oh up God, in Muscatine yes. in the Quad Cities, it's just a it's a different level, and the the way that the temperatures are taking a turn. I'm looking ahead. Oh my God! Next Saturday in Muscatoon, anyway. There's a low of minus five next Saturday. I'm gonna get. Oh, it's gonna be horrible. Like I, I, I love coming back to Iowa. Where are you flying into Cedar Rapids in the, in the summertime? It was really fun to come back for that Texas game. Uh, but coming back in the winter is brutal. And no, that's another thing. There are no good flights to Cedar Rapids, so I'm having to fly into Des Moines. You want to stay at my house drive. for a night? It, we can. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. We can play grab ass we'll in the see. basement and have some fun. I don't know. I. Uh, I'll take you out in Bondurant. How, how far is the drive? It's like an hour, hour and a half from Des Moines? Uh, from Bondurant, it's not that far. <laughs> from Bondurant. How far is it? East side, baby. Uh, hour 20. Okay. It's not bad. Stay in my know. basement. We'll you and we'll Dirks can cuddle. Van Winkle can come over. We can drink Steeple Ridge. It'll be a great night. I've got a game to call that next night, though. Well... Yeah, we'll you still get a good night. Bring sleep. the sick kids over. We'll have a good time. Oh Jesus! Get that. Get, get a little pink eye before the game. Go ahead, rub that in there a little bit there. Everybody's telling me that they want me to go to the game and just blow boogers on you during the broadcast. <laughs> I'm telling you, this guy it just blows it right onto my arm. Oh, that would have just been horrible. And the fact that you. We're pretty sure he knew he did it. Makes We're, it it was like worse. a stare down. Uh, yeah, I did that. What are you going to do about it? Um, the Iowa women were on Peacock last night, and this raised a lot of conversation. A lot of strong takes about that. Some people saying that it was a, it was a disservice to women's basketball. Um, look. The Chiefs-Dolphins game is on Peacock on Saturday. Correct? Correct. Okay. They are putting major events on Peacock to get subscriptions. This isn't a slight on women's basketball. This is, as Simon points out in the comments, this is the new era of streaming sports. And they're going to put stuff you want to watch on there, that's how you get subscriptions. I went ahead. I, I, I had to get Peacock because Iowa football was on there this fall. 
So I've had it I and I haven't had a problem. And really it's not that expensive. What is it? Five bucks a month or something. It's just the fact that you have to, you know, it's all these different apps, all these different subscriptions. It, it does suck. I get it. But this isn't some sort of slight. It's not. It's, it's not a slight. It is same conversation that I used to consistently have with our friends out in the Pac-12 that bitched about their late kickoffs. If you want to cash the check for these giant media rights deals, you're going to play when and where they tell you to. It's the end of the story. And if what? You're not, we if got you're another triple-double from Caitlin Clark? Yeah, and if you're an Iowa fan and you want to brag about how much media... It's the weirdest thing to me where these teams, these fans of these teams are like, yeah, well, we make... 15 million more a year in media rights. Like who gives a shit? Like nobody cares. Like you care if your team wins, but if you're going to do that and if you're going to, if I was going to, then you're going to play on Peacock. Like it, it is, mm-hmm. it is not a slight. It is a compliment uh, as you were saying. And uh, and it works like again, I've used my sister as an example, an Iowa state fan who happens to love watching Caitlin Clark play just like millions of people across the country. She texted me last night my sister is a women's basketball fan. She will watch every women's basketball game that is on television. She'll watch an ACC women's basketball. She's she loves it. She texted me last night. She's got her ESPN Plus, and she goes, "I just got my Peacock bot. I'm ready to go. Double header tonight, so she could watch both games. Like Jeez. it works. Mm-hmm. You know that they got a new subscriber right there. I already subscribed. Had I not, I would have subscribed to watch Caitlin Clark in Iowa last night." And are you really point. not going to watch the Dolphins Chiefs? Like, yeah, come on. Hey, how is the quality on Peacock compared to like if it was on like FS1? Because oh, like, I remember what? Remember like ESPN Plus? The ESPN Plus broadcasts are a little can be. A oh, little this is better than ESPN Plus. Yeah, this is a. Real I don't podcast. think it's even close. They have because ESPN Plus has so many games. They're so spread out. So the production for most things is is really low level. But NBC doesn't have a lot of games. They don't they don't have a lot of real estate to cover. So everything I've seen on Peacock, it looks pretty much like it does if you were to watch it on NBC. Would you agree, Williams? Yeah, completely. I mean the football games I saw on Peacock. Yeah. No, it's you can you tell can throw that thing on NBC, it would be the same. They're investing in, in it, and they, they see this as a wave of the future. No no doubt about it. Like, I think it's great. Your dad your dad says that the picture is better on the cock. <laughs> Apparently, Don thinks yeah. that the video quality is... He's He's better. been on that peacock for a long time because he, he originally bought the cock to watch golf. So, like, he's way ahead of the curve. The J yeah, curve, no, if you will. On the it, is, it is not a slight to women's basketball. It is a giant compliment. They could have put, um, you know, Peacock could have said the night before that they, we, we want to put, we want to buy up Purdue and Nebraska, the number one team in men's college basketball. They didn't do that. They said, we want the Iowa women and Purdue. That's the game and, we want to focus on to gain subscribers. It is a compliment to the women's game. And on the total opposite side of this, Iowa is about to play, is it Indiana? Yeah. On Fox Mm -hmm. with Gus Johnson on the call next Saturday. Is that next Saturday or this Saturday? Matt, look that up for us. I think it's this weekend. I know the promo came out last week, so it might be this Saturday. Because we're all going to be just stuck inside all weekend to have a bunch of stuff to watch is going to be awesome. Prime time, 7.30 now. That's coming up on the 13th, yep, this week. Yeah, that is up against the NFL on the the cock. cock. So you you might have people that that don't want to get that cock who will just be flipping their channels and end up on... Primetime Fox for Iowa, Indiana. Top 15 matchup. Love it. Sports is really good right now. It is. This NFL wildcard weekend is 
one of the all-time great weekends too. They call it Super Wild Card Weekend now because you got games on Saturday, on Sunday, and on Monday. You mentioned the weather in Kansas City. That's going to be brutal. I I went to that Vikings Seahawks game. Oh, the Blair seven. Walsh miss, right? Yes. And I think that's the second coldest game in the history of the National Football League. This one's going to be up there. You really is like when you yeah. think back on it, Chris, like we're we're really stupid. Sports fans are really can be dumb. In what way? That we would do that. Do what? Go to those games when it's oh, 15 below 0. It's like, oh, you can watch the game for free in your basement. Yeah. Drinking whatever you want, you know, eating pizza, whatever you want. Maybe maybe you're a wings guy, whatever. You know what, though? I'm going to spend hundreds of dollars, <laughs> risk frostbite, freeze my ass off, and be gone the entire like weekend just to... Like, just to be there where the potential is my team could lose and I'm going to walk away pissed off anyways. We've had a debate at CBS Sports HQ on games like this, on quote-unquote football weather. Because some people really love it and think the game should be played this way. Like, it should be played outside. This is part of it. But then there's guys like my buddy Pete Prisco who he brings up a good point. Like the game totally changes when you put it out in the elements like this. And he hates it. He hates the fact that that the Dolphins are going up there to play the Chiefs in negative temperatures. Hates the fact that this Bills-Steelers game is going to be played with 50-mile-an-hour wind gusts. Because he doesn't believe that's football. Which would you rather have? Oh, I want the uh, football weather. I, I do too, and I think I mean, we both grew up grew up in Iowa, up north. I, I don't think want that the Super Bowl in that. It's yeah. I, I think I don't know about the Super Bowl, but I, I think that has to be part of the nuance to the game. That that needs to be part of the way you build your team. Like if you're going to build your team like the Dolphins, you better get home field advantage. You should have beaten the Bills last week. That's my whole point. It makes these games matter more. And these teams up north, you need to build them a certain way. Like, you've got to be able to play in the cold if you're the Buffalo Bills. That was always a critique of the Vikings, you know, the last 20 years or so when they played indoors. It's like, you guys mm-hmm. are missing out on this great opportunity. To, yeah. Well, yeah, they went to, to they went to the Super Bowl, what, four times when they played outside. Yeah. And then they turned into one of those could not go up there teams. and play. Yeah. They were one of those finesse dome teams, and then they had mm-hmm. to go outdoors in December, and it was over. Yeah, I, know, I do. I, I like. I do the like the football weather, but I am disappointed because I think this Chiefs Dolphins game would be a lot better. This specific game would be a lot better if it was somewhere else. If it was indoors, On the contrary, or if it was in Miami, the Bills Steelers could be better because of the weather. Yes. Although I wish Watt was playing for Pittsburgh, that that's a huge, huge loss. Watt, that's a, I mean, that's a huge spread. That's one of the biggest spreads I think that we've seen in Wild Card Weekend. Did you know that that line moved three points on the Watt news? How crazy is that? Did it? What? Where's it at? It's like it. It's at ten, right? In some places, yeah. That's that's wild. How about the Nick Saban, as you mentioned earlier? Alabama was the second favorite to win it all, plus 500, plus 550. Nick Saban retires. Boom. Instantly, they go from from 5 to 1 to 10 to 1. I almost wonder, too, if it's smart to just put a future on Bama right now because you know they're going to get an all-star coach. That thing will correct. Yeah. It's so hard to do this in the transfer portal era. These teams are all going to look so different. Mm-hmm. By the time we get there, uh, I want to thank our friends at Kitchen Refresh. They actually started on mine yesterday. They put no um, some extenders up. Yeah, we're we're gonna finish it next week. But our friends at you've Kitchen been talking Refresh, about this thing, Iowa, for a year. It's gonna look great. We're gonna do the job right. Well, they're, I'm they're glad you're getting my it cabinets done. to the ceiling. 
I'm not kidding you guys. The amount of money you save by doing this compared to get... Do you know how expensive the new cabinets are these days? It's unbelievable. Millions of dollars, right? Your kitchen does need a refresh. Thanks, Matt. It does. You know what, though? Being an adult now for 10 years, the kitchen is... You, you have to have storage space. You have to have yeah. the cabinet space. It's awful. You need a pantry... These kids, oh, man, they just load it up with these snacks. No, these kids. Get out of here. That's why you don't have them. See, I want you to come and stay the night at my house next oh my week, God. and then you, my kids can just crawl all over you and sneeze on you and blow boogers oh. all over your face. Sounds Uncle Chris. I, I haven't heard a wet cough in the background today. Well, they're at school today. That's oh. why I was late for the show. Oh, Okay. Getting all, yeah. the, getting all the other kids sick, too. Hey, I wanted to touch on... Um, <laughs> Matt, did you, by chance, pull any of that Stephen A. Smith audio? This is if, if you guys listened to, I believe it was in our Christmas special, I told a story. I don't think I had ever told it before. I had never so, heard it. It was so humiliating to me at the time. Like, it actually... It, it took my self-esteem down, like, 15 notches the way Jason Whitlock treated me when I was a student at Iowa State he could not have made me feel like more of a douchebag and just like really small and like just completely irrelevant it, and what did he do again okay so long story short we're this is when he's at the Kansas City Star so he's not even like this famous guy He's just a columnist that I grew up reading in Southern Iowa. We get the KC Star a lot. We get a lot of Kansas City stuff. And I, I was a kid who loved media, and I read Tom Chattel. I read him. I read Randy Peterson, Sean Keeler. Like I, I soaked it all in. I would go on Sundays, and I would get all the papers, and I'm reading like that was me as a kid. And Whitlock was a guy I really looked up to. And I was a student at Iowa State. He was at the Big 12 tournament covering Kansas and Kansas State, I assume. We're in the media hospitality room. I'm a credentialed media member when I'm working for Scout. And I went up to him and I said, uh, Mr. Whitlock, my name's Chris. I'm a student at Iowa State. I just wanted to shake your hand and tell you how big of a fan I am of yours. I've really looked up to your writing over the years. You, you know, it's all... Uh, really good stuff. Thank you so much for inspiring me to become a sports writer. And he just looked at me. He didn't even respond. Didn't shake my hand. He refused to even acknowledge my existence. It was, it was the second most awkward experience of my life behind when the guy blew the booger on me <laughs> Tuesday night in Hilton Coliseum. And it wasn't like he was in the middle of something, correct? No. He was drinking beer in the corner by himself. Like he was just sitting there with all the other, all of us are in the same area. Okay. Like this is not, I'm not, we're not on press row when he's on deadline trying to finish a column. Nothing like that. So he just looks at you. Yeah. Does nothing. Then what did you do? I was so awkward. I just turned around and walked away. <laughs> So, so I've always like had, and then he becomes this, you know, 15 mm -hmm. years later, he's this polarizing. I once sat in the makeup chair right next to him at ESPN when they were there. I was getting ready for sports center and he was getting ready to go on something else. I don't, so, I don't know if I said hi to him or not. So yesterday, and I didn't even know any of this stuff's going on. With him and Stephen A. Smith, apparently they're beefing. And Stephen A. Smith, I, I guess, did like a 40-minute podcast where he's just blowing up Jason Whitlock for 40 minutes straight. Matt's pulled a couple of the highlights for us here to listen to. Ever call me about him again. I'm a very forgiving person. Not with him. I don't care what beef I had. I don't care how many of you out there that hate me, whatever form of athletes, all this stuff. Man, please, I'm sorry. Because I certainly don't hate y'all. We might have our differences from time to time, but ain't never that. This is the exception. I hate this bastard. 
not even far more than a little bit. He is the worst human being any of you will ever meet. <laughs> you get within a mile of his presence. Wrap your arms around yourself to protect your soul. <laughs> he is king. He is a devil. The worst. That's all I have to say. That sounds like some, like exactly what you Y'all would have say, a Williams. nice day. After what he so, did to you. This I is why some... Williams is not in the national media, because you can never go on a rant like this, like Stephen A. Come on. No. You got to no, bring I'm it a, like that next time against Whitlock. I'm a local yokel. Um, <laughs> so I did the math. That happened 19 years ago. It was a 2004 Big 12 tournament. And I've been I've been carrying this Jason Whitlock baggage for 19 years. You and, finally let it go on Christmas. Yeah. And and then Stephen A. must, you know, it's out there now. It's out there. So Stephen A. felt like it was time for him to come clean, too, about that. What do you call him? That fat bastard. <laughs> he, that fat bastard. Awful announcing that a recap of it. He called him a fat bastard like nine times or something. <laughs> like, God. Just a, I'm listening to that podcast today because, again, like, finally, like, I feel like finally somebody's come to bat for me, right? And I don't even, I, look, I don't even know what they're arguing about. Maybe Whitlock's on the right side of this. I have no clue. Well, I'm not taking about, sides here. I just know what you told me about him. <laughs> and what Stephen A said sounded like if someone asked you off the record how you feel about Jason Whitlock. That you would say the exact same thing. Wrap your arms around yourself to protect your soul. <laughs> Apparently, Stephen A. Smith said in this deal, and I don't, I've never had a big time media contract like you do. Apparently, it's in Stephen A. Smith's contract that he can and will never work with Jason Whitlock. That's amazing. I would I love get, to get little things put into my contract like that. Yeah, Chris Shipley's watching, and th this is a quote. I saw this one, too. This is a Stephen A. Smith quote from it. I literally called my pastor and asked for his forgiveness and understanding in advance <laughs> because he's not going to recognize the person he is about to hear. Wow. And, and, and to, to steal Stephen A. Smith's line, quite frankly, he's he's a— I, for what it's worth, I actually really respect Stephen A. Smith. If you know his background and where he came from and how he's whatever. Um, well, I think part of the th thing about this is that it was his book. Whitlock is disputing Stephen A.'s background. Correct. He's saying that Stephen A. Smith like embellished all these things in his biography, his autobiography <laughs> that he wrote. And I read that book and I've recommended it to young journalists because I actually think it's there's a lot of really good stuff in there as far as like Stephen A. Smith didn't just wake up and be on first take. Like he mm -hmm. started at the absolute bottom and worked his way up and like whatever. But that's what pissed off Stephen A. Smith so much to start going on. You know, this 40 minute diatribe, though, I believe has been budding for a while. Did you ever when you were at ESPN did like because I had a, I have a feeling that it's like Stephen A. Smith, Pat McAfee, Herb Street, Mike Greenberg, and then you guys. <laughs> Did you ever catch in to any like this beef? Because now, like ESPN is all over the place now. This Pat McAfee and Rogers thing. Like how, like you lowly Sports Center anchors. Like, did you even <laughs> were you even aware that this stuff goes on, or were you just doing your job? Well, I mean, I don't think it was like that when I was there. Okay. I don't think it was, it got that out of control. They I mean they didn't have a personality like McAfee. They I mean they had Stephen A. But like Aaron Rodgers wasn't coming on making fun of Fauci and talking about Epstein lists with fellow Disney employees. <laughs> like that wasn't happening. This is new. I mean, this wasn't. I don't know what it's like to be there right now. But uh -huh. you, you also have to keep in mind a lot of these guys aren't even in Bristol. Like Stephen yeah, A's not in Bristol. Point. McAfee's not in Bristol. It's wild. 
So when you were doing makeup next to Jason Whitlock, you didn't like dap him or anything. Be like, hey, we're on the same team. Go Disney. No. I, I don't know which show he was there for, but I had never met him before. And he was in a deep conversation with one of the makeup artists. And so I just, I went in there, did my thing. Didn't like, I might've just said hello or something like that, but I don't, I, glad you it didn't did get not stick side. out. He is it, keen. He said, I'm glad you didn't get on his bed. Side. I did not wrap my arms around myself to protect my soul, but I didn't know. Back Last part of know. my story with Whitlock, and again, like I couldn't have felt worse about myself. In fact, I think that <laughs> night I just went up and went to bed because it was like, this is one of my idols, and he just made me feel like a total piece <sighs> of dog shit. And my friends who were there in the media were like laughing at me because I just crashed and did they Did they see it? Yeah, I want to say they were watching or something from a distance, but it like that would have been so funny to see. I, I honestly that like, was I, basically I, Williams. That's basically the spoof I did on the sideline at the Iowa State game when Mark Freund came up with the camera and asked, and I said, "You know, I don't do local media, and by the way, don't ever put that effing camera in my face again without telling me first. Hey, I'll say this: I watched the spoof. I think you were much nicer to Mark Freund than Jason Whitlock was me. At least you had the dignity to talk to him and look yeah, him in the eye. Yeah, I spoke to him, yeah. He just stared into your soul. He burned a hole in your soul. And then I'm the idiot that wouldn't take a hint, and I'm just like, oh, well, so who, what's, you know, Mr. Whitlock, what, what, are you, are you here with Kansas? Or are you covering Kansas State? So or? you just kept going for a while, trying you know, to ask you, different questions? How do you, you know, how do you, how do you write, a, how do you write your leads? Do you have any, you know, any, Tip for me. I hate this bastard. I, that fat bastard. I hate this bastard. <laughs> All right. We're way over time. We were late anyway. Thanks for putting up with us today, everybody. We appreciate it. You can watch yes, Chris on CBS Sports Network. Can't get enough. Yes. Hassle. Fairway Meat and Groceries, our sponsor. Maddie Van, uh, Maddie Van Winkle survived the car wreck. God bless him. God. Got to talk to the insurance. Channel Seed Studios. Cheers to the freaking weekend. Friends from Steeple Ridge. KitchenRefreshIowa.com. I think I got everybody in. Appreciate you guys. Stay safe out there if you're here in Iowa. And we'll be back on Monday. Iowa everywhere. <laughs>